0: Next up, a brand new episode of Double Feature with Eric 13 and Michael Kester. Hello. Well, I've I've hit record on this thing, so that's very exciting. Okay. Maybe but just I'm as like record a record on my end. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like to not have to set anything up? Tell me about this fantasy. Just let me um, live that yeah, for know. a minute.
1: I just walk. I just walk around and wonder if we're. At, I just never know when we're recording. That's really the worst of it, because
0: I'm never sure when we're on. Oh, so well, that around. uh, that fucking reminds me. Can I tell you about this week I've had? Yes. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm at the Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. But the thing that that it reminded me of. Is while I'm there, I thought, oh, you know, it'd be good. We have this, this sort of choppy avant-garde uh, podcast now. Why don't I just go talk to random people from the fest? And I'll record sure. it and maybe we'll like dice it into an episode. I can make something of it. I'm just who knows? So mm-hmm. I'm like off in the bushes talking to random filmmakers and stuff. Just trying to like ask them weird questions and get it on microphones. Mm-hmm. Um but then I realized I have to put all that together in a show and I just keep running out of time. So maybe it'll nothing'll ever even come <laughs> of it. But I was talking to you about this a little bit before. I'm there because of all of our fucking work on this show on the New French Extremity. Right. Which uh is just kind of crazy. Super cool. Yeah, we super d- cool. Well yeah. we did that um I was gonna say we did that slate of shows. Yep. And uh, they are presenting a new, or had I don't know when this airs or what the hell is going on anymore. I think the fest still. I still have two of them to do, but uh, I've been doing two intros. Festivals? No, no, no. I was gonna say I've been doing intros to all these new French extreme movies at the festival. Right, right. So they're um, they're playing. Let me see if I can remember. They're playing Calvaire, Criminal Lovers, Baismois, uh, this film called Fat Girl, which actually we didn't even talk about on the show. And then this this experimental cut of Irreversible where they reverse Irreversible.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <clears throat> and I, sound that sounds, I don't even know how I feel about that for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Why better do, existing than not. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. You know, here's the one thing I thought about it, is that Irreversible is very um, infamous for having, like, a couple scenes that you really don't look forward to watching again. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering if you reverse the movie, if it throws so off your rhythm. to watching again. Yeah. 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 Well, that too. <laughs> that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, because like it's hard to get fresh eyes on these movies. Yes. As a person who yourself has often looked up most fucked up movie lists, that's kind of a one time, mm-hmm. you know, experience. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's sort of one of
1: the things that goes into. I mean, even in the ones we're talking about today, there's like this. This is something that I feel like goes without saying with movies, but like, a fir- there's a whole other podcast that we will that we can't literally by the structure of our show so far cannot get to, which is the difference between a first and second viewing of literally any movie. Yeah. Um, And I think when we're talking about fucked up movies, especially like within the New French Extreme, those are the movies where the first watch and the second watch are two vastly different experiences. And to have a second watch requires a very specific type of viewer.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, For a lot of people. (laughs) It requires uh, somebody to get you to do an intro at a fest. I think that's how I. Right. (laughs) I I don't know how many times this year I can watch Criminal Lovers. You know, Mm -hmm. three is the answer, I guess. So far, yeah. So I was uh, calling you to see if you had seen either Stars at Noon or both sides of the blade.
1: Yeah, I actually I watched both of those, which is great because uh, it's funny. So um, that's Claire Denis, uh, who who did. uh, We didn't cover. Did we cover Trouble Every Day? We didn't cover it during New French Extreme.
0: No, we covered it um, prior to that. And yeah, I think that's but, her uh, only
1: film that we have covered. But yeah, so she, I, I, I actually thought it was super odd. So I hadn't seen, I'd, I'd heard about Both Sides of the Blade because of the cast. It's like one of those movies where you read who the two main characters are and you're like together in a whole movie. Um, and, but I, I had heard about it, but like um, uh, the other one just came out, like just, just came out. And I saw that it was Claire Denis, and I was like, "Wait, didn't both sides of the blade come out recently?" And once I realized she put out two movies in 2022, like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard style, I'm like, "Wait, hold on, I didn't. I, you just don't think of Claire Denis as like a line them up and knock them down director, you know?" Yeah, it's like it's like it'd be like finding out it's like, "Oh shit, Kubrick's putting out another movie this year." Yeah, that's crazy. Oh man, another another uh, another two Tarantino's in one year. Well, aren't we lucky?
0: Two Tarantino's in one year. What a crazy, what a crazy <laughs> earth that would be. You mean two Tarantino's <laughs> in one decade? Right.
1: Um, but yeah, no. I, I watched I watched them both uh, out of out of curiosity. Of, of you know, there's something there's something really interesting about a director who churns out output that quick. Um, we cover those filmmakers a lot uh, when we talk about... I hope all this San Francisco traffic feels authentic, um, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the way. Great. Again, I'm um, still
0: not sure this is even recording, so perfect. that's
1: good. Um, so uh, the um, the thing that's re- that we've covered on the show a lot is a lot of times we talk about, um, we talk about these uh, exploitation directors who are churning out essentially just like content for the sake of dollar 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 right and that that's easy that's run and gun that's roger corman 101 you know oh shit we still have the set for two more days let's shoot a whole other movie but uh there's something really interesting artistically about an auteur like claire denis doing two movies in one year or two movies even you know these weren't necessarily filmed in the same year they certainly weren't both filmed in 2022 but you kind of like get into the headspace and like the, the motif of somebody like this. And it's like, what are they latched onto right now socially? Like what are they latched onto thematically? And you get to watch them chew on it in two different lenses, two different stories. And it's sort of interesting because like it's litter in, in some ways, it feels like it is an absolute perfect experiment to what we always do with double feature which is like, okay, so you have two different things. Well, what do they have in common? But it adds this layer of fascination to me when it's the same filmmaker and you get to see the same person put out two movies. You put those two things next to each other and then it's really process of elimination. It's like, okay, well, what are the, what's the clair Denis of it all now that I have a better scope? We can eliminate that and then we can really chew on what the dynamic differences and thematic like, coincidences and sayings are.
0: Yeah. Do you is there is there one of these you want to do before the other? I mean, I watched I watched both sides first. Here, um, give me a second. Out of out of just fear and terror, I'm gonna plug in a device here just to right. <laughs> to, to uh, hijack some more audio in case the thing doesn't work. Give me a second. All right. So I still got a level here. I still got a level up here. You say something.
1: Uh, do you have a level for me as we
0: talk about Claire Denis? Okay. You know it's, it's, that... it, what? You don't hear it? No level? <laughs> no, I think everything's fine. Oh, okay. I'm just suspicious. I'm, I'm frightened of trying new things on the fly. That's part of this whole format is <laughs> I need to loosen myself up from my fear yeah. of, of changing things. So.
1: I um, I have no problem. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever saying Claire Denis, but like
0: it's nails on a chalkboard to say Denis Villeneuve, and it's literally the same word. <laughs> Well, you know, that's uh it's how you learn French is one word at a time.
1: So Yeah, well my word is
0: Denis. Good. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you at least picked uh, picked a relevant one. You can use it in at least two possible ways. I had seen a couple of hers prior. I'd seen uh Boat Levi, Trouble Every Day, obviously we did on the show. Yeah. Um Let the Sun Shine In, which uh-huh. um also had Julia yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, what was the Hubert one? Don't even get me started on Hubert film. Oh, White Material. Okay. And I think and U.S. Go Home, that was the other one. I knew there was another one. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I have to say I feel like the two from this year, the thing that stands out to me about them, and I can't really run this experiment in the past, is like they feel very of this year, sure. And I mean, I guess if um, if we're going to start with uh, both sides of the blade, you know, there are there is substantive um, stuff to the. Well, yeah. Let's okay. So let's pause the the sort of like uh, of this year element of it, yeah. but I do want to yeah, talk yeah, yeah. to you about that. But you know, while we're talking about the Denise stuff, the thing that stands out to me about both sides of the blade, where I do see the the kind of comparison to her other work, is the fucking intensity with which, you know, this is a story about a love triangle. It's crazy. It's, and it's, it's just yeah. as intense as humanly possible. Oh my God. It's, I mean, that's,
1: that's, that's actually, that's like my biggest takeaway. It's like my biggest takeaway, my favorite thing about this movie is, and we talk about this a lot on the show, um, but my biggest takeaway, hold on, like, okay, it's a motorcycle. Um,
0: yeah just ride your motorcycle over here tell me about it
1: my biggest takeaway is that you know it's one of those things where someone's like oh what's both sides of the blade about and you're like oh it's like this couple who's been married for a very long time and then like her ex comes back into the picture and like it's like tough for them
0: yeah it's that's weird the, right
1: that's the plot uh and then you kind of go also there's a score that thinks literally someone is going to be murdered
0: in every scene um, oh, my God. You're, you're right. The score is intense, too. It's crazy. I was just going to chalk it up to, like, the acting and sort of the... Sure. Um... I mean,
1: absolutely. The the gravitas of the two leads is insane. I mean, just based on just the acting alone. But I noticed, for me, the thing the thing that... And maybe it's different for me than you because your, your, your journey into the French language is actually substantial compared to mine. And uh, <laughs> there were moments... Where the score would come in and i'm like wait did i miss something like did was there like a plot <laughs> point revealed that like maybe they forgot to subtitle because they'd just be like oh yeah you know my uh I, I spoke with uh spoke with francois today and he uh he offered me a job and the score's like he offered him a job <laughs>
0: and i'm like what, yeah. what? <sighs> well here's a word i don't know if we've ever used on the show before but uh melodrama yeah Both of these movies. Both of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and so it it has this, like, operatic level of just going for it. And I thought about it, you know, it's like, okay, so this isn't something I've never seen in a movie, but mm -hmm. I actually think what makes it feel so, like, like you have to recalibrate to adjust to their level of, like, how much this matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the thing that causes that or a component of it at least is the age because yeah. if these characters were you know 17 21 right. Right. like it would be i actually think with with each year it gets weirder and weirder from there but it's um i don't want to use the phrase but look it's like young love right mm-hmm. it's like the kind of uh intensity that you have when there's still mad amounts of chemistry at war in your body telling sure. you that this yeah. is, like, the most important fucking thing right. that could ever happen. Yeah. And so to, to, you know, for so many people that wears off more and more as they get older and to see two people, um, especially Juliet's character, you know, like, she, she is in fucking hysterics. Right over each and every little development.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and the stakes are, like, they're kind of, they feel world-ending, beyond even mm-hmm. life-ending. It's like at the mere thought, the first time she sees Francois, she stares at him, and the way that scene plays out is, like, she does, like, a quintuple take, Yeah, you know? Yeah. She, like, looks at him and then stares at him. And then, like, is it really him? And then yep. walks a little and stops at, like, the guard and goes, wait, is it is it really him? Right. And then still turns over her shoulder when she goes in. And very next fucking scene, we see her, I think it's the very next scene, but we see her just, like, break down calling out his name in just total agony. Mm-hmm. Just, uh... At the mere thought of him screaming like her family was just burned alive, you know, or, and that he was
1: the one that did it, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: that—that's the thing, right? Is like that. Those are the moments in the movie that I think are so—it's so unique to definitely French cinema, but definitely, you know, it feels really unique compared to most of the movies you see. But like the movie, the the you mentioned it. It's right—the melodrama that plays out. It's like the movie is showing you the gravity and pain of these characters. And it's portraying that not reality period. Yeah. Like, because once again, like the way she acts when she sees Francois, it's like, she thought her brother had been murdered when he was 12 and there he is in her front yard. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, And then like, if you were to like walk up to her and be like, so is that your like long lost brother? And she's like, it's my ex. It's like, oh, did he die or disappear? No, no, I just haven't seen him in a little while.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, yeah. It's
0: it's funny when you say that. It's almost uh, like there. You could look at it as like a, a surrealist film, right? You know, what if they? That's what how if, I feel like both. What of these if it movies. was portrayed the way yeah. that it it? Um, it sometimes feels. I mean, it's even it's even more dramatic, I think, than it feels. Mm-hmm. You know, to have that much over someone is, uh, it's like, how would you go about your day-to-day life in the decade leading up to that, you know, Mm -hmm. if it was really so intensely triggering, but it made me think about uh, being a lot younger and just like the relationships I got caught up in that were the most, um, you know, like chaotic, intense, terrible for you, you know, like those kind of, uh consuming things. And now I watch it and it's so weird like trying to fucking schedule our show and go to fests and I'm exhausted and I have all this stuff to do. And then I'm watching these people and I'm like, don't they have hobbies? Aren't they right. aren't they right. stressed about work? Yeah. Like, I mean they? it feels so to be so caught up in another human is like to them it's pain. But to me it's like kind of a morbid curiosity. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that must be nice in a way.
1: Well there's so
0: it I didn't necessarily
1: clock it when I was watching both sides of the blade, but um, retroactively it applied because um, I feel like I was watching um, I was watching the other movie that we're talking about, and uh, I there was like this very Lynchian moment, and then I kind of like thought about it. I'm like these are kind of very like Lynchian movies in a way, you know, like they, there's like there's like a wild at heartness about the the sort of like um surreal surrealness or the bizarreness of the romance it Mm -hmm. like feels it feels you know it feels cosmic in a way where it's it is it is the absolute universe of these characters and we're just supposed to be like okay with that which is it's fine you know it's great in in context and in execution but you're right it's It's these two characters, really. I mean, these three characters, you know, they, they, they don't, the movie doesn't give you literally any fucking background. It's like, here's two people, look, they're in love, period. Then they came home. And then it's like, (laughs) one guy's got like a shady past, but don't worry, it's not really that important. We'll get into that, you
0: know, maybe another movie or something. Um, Well, that is something that I think, it's not just the French films I see, but it's any time you really step away from horror or away from, you know, I would say genre. mm -hmm. You know, you're out of fantasy, you're out of science fiction, when you're watching dramas, a lot Mm -hmm. of times you can watch a great drama, a critically, you know, top ten list kind of drama, and... When you just try to describe it to people, it's like one person loves a person, but then that person also loves another person. That's the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's actually just kind of funny to me. I mean, maybe, again, this is like the backdrop of the festival happening. But, you know, Brooklyn Horror is a horror festival. Everything there is like very pithy. It's very right. like... You know, it it um, it's snappy in a sentence, in a log yeah. line. You're like, oh, that just captures me. I have to see that thing happening. And the idea of like then I go home and I watch a movie that's just like it's not even I always have the New Order song stuck in my head, but like it's not even bizarre love triangle, it's just like kind of regular, regular love, triangle. love triangle. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to go, well, you basically want the question answered, like, what's so special about that? And uh, maybe that's me being jaded coming from drama. But then to see it and go, well, wow, this is so intense. Like, you don't, wanna, <laughs> you don't want a monster to come down from space in the middle of this. You've got quite enough to deal with uh, on its own. Looking for more Double Feature? Find nearly thousands of episodes at patreon.com forward slash double feature. Okay, so uh, we have this other movie, Stars at Noon, and I I cut us off on talking about this before, but it is a very, uh, actually takes place in the year we live kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. And, And I know this has been something since the beginning of us doing these phone calls that you've wanted to talk about, you've been watching a lot of 2022 movies. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how many times I asked you about this, it's still a curiosity to me. So I guess I'm just going to like continually try to unpack it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as as we're in the in the back, we're in the back, back half of 2022 and it's super weird. I don't know why I'm so hung up on it. But at the beginning of this year, I watched blockbuster movies that, cause you know, that's what happens when the, the way, the way the cinematic schedule annually rolls out is the first half of the year are all the like asses in seats, blockbusters. Then the summertime are like the asses in seats, blockbusters that like younger people want to see. And then the last part of the year is like all the movies that have already won all the real awards, but are like gearing up for the fake
0: ones. And, um,
1: and I'm not uh, looking forward to
0: that part of the year, by the way, the part where are. suddenly all these gigantic movies just appear out of nowhere that I didn't even yeah. know were coming. And then it's like yeah. your watch list is suddenly like 40 movies behind for no reason. I mean, we are I can tell you right now.
1: So in the ma- not that we're covering these, don't panic, anybody <laughs> listening or you. Uh, but I I have within this week seen uh Triangle of Sadness um Banshees of Inna Sharon, and the the new Park Chan-wook movie whose name now escapes me uh cuz it's like a very plain name. Uh but all three of those basically just like showed up and I'm like fucking what? That's like out. Oh, of is that decision to leave?
0: Decision to leave. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my god, we have to do that on the show.
1: Yeah. So, um Anyway, that all just like came out, and those movies like all respectively won in like hella festivals and shit. But so I watched the Batman in like February whenever that came out, and I'm like, fuck, this is like good, good, like, like, (laughs) like a movie so good that it like I didn't realize that I had been giving, I've been forgiving lesser films for coming out during the pandemic. That was my realization. That is the that is the crux of all of this. Is is we did that Emma and the Hunt show when the pandemic first hit, and we didn't realize that that was the last time we were gonna see two movies that were like that didn't realize there was gonna be a pandemic, and then we went through two years of cinema, where all the movies I was like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good for a COVID movie, Uh you know what I mean? Pretty good for you know having to deal with this budget constraint or this actor getting sick and quitting or Having to deal with all of the, you know, the 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 absolute downfall of cinema. It's pretty good, you know. despite that, and then the Batman comes out and basically goes, "Movies can still exist." And I'm like, "Fuck, you're right." And then Top Gun came out and said, "Movies can still exist." And I'm like, "Fuck." Now I'm pissed because the two best movies I've seen in the last three years are Top Gun and Batman, <laughs> and I don't yeah. like that. Like that feels just. It feels absolutely counter to who I am. And as soon as that happened, it lit this fire under my ass like, no, no, no. There has to be other great cinema coming out now, right now, not last year, not a movie that was filmed in 2019 but didn't get distribution till 2021. I mean, what is a movie coming out now that is a peer to Batman, to Top Gun Maverick, that is better that reminds me that cinema is amazing and i can't fucking find one and it's starting to stress me out because it's almost november
0: yeah (laughs) yeah so no i i actually know what you mean because i still haven't seen uh top gun since we first started having this conversation but here i am all the way later in the year and uh While I'm kind of bewildered with myself, I even watched Batman because, you know, that's a a little uncharacteristic these days.
1: Absolutely. Something
0: about the Nirvana just kind of like, I was like, this might be really good. And I saw it and now I kind of have to like, (laughs) I have to mumble every time someone's like, what do you think the best one this year is? I know, it sucks. I mean, it's not the Batman. We know it's not the Batman. Let's not be ridiculous. So um, let me think about it (laughs) and get back to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so funny. It's awful. Well, I asked you about um, it because I thought, like, all right, Stars at Noon is a movie that, you know, the masks are very prevalent. That was also true of both sides of the blade. A lot Mm -hmm. of the movies I feel like that have been filmed, you know, you have to answer this question, right, of do we portray the world as it was and we hope that's the lasting image of it? Mm -hmm. Or do we portray the world as it is right this second as we're filming? Sure. And, you know, that's a, a question that is almost universally answered. You know, like, if you think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, do they have COVID in that universe? Right. You know what I yep. mean? Like, universe. have you ever seen a mask in it? That's, you know, you know what I mean. A COVID mask. Right, right. Yeah, so it's uh, it seems to me that most movies, or at least the ones I've seen, maybe I'm missing stuff, ignore the masks and yeah. I didn't know if that was also you've seen a lot more recent stuff than I have that's been true for you as well
1: no it's definitely true and I think it's weird um you know that to me to me like as we're as as we're moving into a post-pandemic world not that people aren't still getting sick and fucking dying but like you know the world has sort of like accepted it and moved into a place of normalcy like the 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 notion of like doing a no-mask movie because you you want your film to be like evergreen I guess yeah yeah that to me that to me is like if people in the 90s were making movies and they're like don't put any new metal in it right because <laughs> right, right we don't want this to feel like it was made in 1998 it's like how do you how do you why do you why is like it's a weird thing to latch on to as something that people are going to people Movies come out in the year they come out. Period. Everybody knows that. You know, it's like it's like when you watch when you watch a fucking um, Anton Yelkin movie. You know what you know. You know it didn't fucking come out right now. Yeah. You know it didn't come out anytime recently. And the first thing that hits your mind when you see Anton Yelkin is fuck. That sucks. Oh yeah. This movie came out from before Anton Yelkin died. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like those things you 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 just just. You can't I don't know. It's like when it's like when you and I recorded that show and then Dennis Hopper died before it got released. Oh my god. And it's like it's like you can't you just can't it's silly to pretend that the world doesn't go on. Yeah, I mean. If if it's if it's the MCU, sure, because we also don't have like like Tim Roth stays the same size in our universe. Sure. But like if it, if you're trying to make a movie especially a movie like uh, stars at noon. That is like painfully, painfully grounded in reality. Um, you have to, the, you have to have masks. And I don't, I don't. I mean, people are gonna watch. People may watch this movie in ten years after, you know, the eighty ninth COVID vaccine for the twenty eighth beta variant or what the fuck ever, and they're like, oh man, remember masks? And then that's it. The one time thing. It's not gonna distract people. It doesn't distract people when Kitty comes
0: on in the soundtrack. I've only seen two movies that I think had masks. Um, one was Year of the Shark, which is kind of a little bit of play on that. And the other was this movie called Bad Luck Banging that uh, came I out. Saw, really yeah, near. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was the yeah. first one. And it was like actually kind of shocking to see them. And that was the first time I realized, like, oh, we're not. We're doing, I mean, I, nail on the head, evergreen. Yeah. That was yeah. totally the thing I thought um, watching Stars at Noon was like, yeah. oh, everybody else is trying to evergreen their movie. And you know, here's a movie that's like, uh, this is a time capsule of this sure. exact second in time. And but m- all movies are, it's just silly. Oh, of course. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um uh, but, I have some yeah, echo. It, it Do you have echo? No, no 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 Oh my god it's crazy too. It's a crazy echo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, now I think it's okay. We'll see what okay. happens. <laughs> we'll see if, I, if my <laughs> brain explodes. Um, yeah, I think it's even it's even more so than Both Sides of the Blade, be- although it's in there, too, uh, because it is... Um, I, don't, I don't know. For some reason, it just strikes me. You know, Both Sides of the Blade has a, has literally a scene of her washing her hands for 30 seconds, so maybe that one mm-hmm. is also very... Uh, of the particular moment, but I guess I just thought like Stars at Noon is obsessed with this this one conflict in this one specific place and the political intrigue it creates, and I yeah. guess I don't even mean obsessed maybe so much as just like consumed with it, you know, it mm-hmm. is, uh, it doesn't stop to go, hey audience, let me bring you up to speed about the conflict here. It kind of just goes. Right. We're making this movie. If you wanna, if you wanna open up Wikipedia on your own, go for it. But <laughs> we are not going to sit here and explain it to you. Right. And I think that uh, you know, if that is the philosophy, then yeah, of course, she makes a movie that takes place very much of this year. But you know, right. there is in in doing that. I mean, I'm not really sure we're gonna want the Evergreen movies. Like that's what we just talked about—is that cinema hasn't been particularly incredible during this period. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to look back on this period for? We're going to look back on it to be able, to like, like imagine if they made movies during the fucking plague, man. We'd be like, hey, like, what was that like during the plague? Let's sure. let's check sure. that out.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's got—it's like when a, it's like when a movie when a movie has an establishing shot with the World Trade Center. Yeah, you know it's it's just those the that's just a, it's like oh and it doesn't make you go like oh man that was a that was a terrible day in american history you just go oh yeah, yeah weird. weird cool, cool. Okay. okay that's it
0: all right out of I mean, sheer out of sheer terror over your echo i'm gonna restart this really quick so give me a second i'll call you back okay, okay. no wait actually you call me in like <laughs> count to 10 and call me okay okay bye I don't, I don't want to live in fear, you know? Yeah, I mean, I understand. I also think this movie creates intrigue through my own ignorance because I feel like it takes me a while to... Like, she's talking about the money, and it takes me, like, a good hour when she's talking about exchanging the money to figure out, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's not until she goes to the guy and is trying to exchange it for the dollar, I'm like, oh, this... Um, what's it called? Fucking, uh, like, Cordobas or something? Uh, yeah, Cordobas, or yeah, I think it was Cordobas. I am yeah. so embarrassing myself right now, it's but okay. it's a, yeah. So she keeps going, yeah, yeah. the the Cordobas, the Cordoba. I can't even say it, and and I the, I'm just like, what is that? Should I know what that is? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, like, is this oh, fucking it's... suddenly fifth element? Like, is that <laughs> right, right? She's gonna walk into a temple at some point, and like yeah. a magical <laughs> relic is gonna appear. Yeah, and uh, and I guess you know, I mean, I don't. I don't know that this is a, my own ignorance is a universal experience, but I guess just to say that not knowing even um, basic elements of the actual planet we live on, this connects me actually back to the, the stuff from both sides of the blade, where yeah. you know, we talk so much about fantasy, we talk so much about genre, and it turns out real life still has entire countries that I don't even know are on the map, right and in this in right. this movie, you know entire monetary systems I don't know exist with conflicts between factions that I didn't know were in conflict and you know I guess you know like some some shady oil stuff is going on in the world. you know there's um, consultants and they make too much money to just be the worst people on earth. yeah but to really see that, okay, so we have this backdrop of this happening, you know, today. And if you were going to make a movie that was modern and about COVID and about people getting back to their life, yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily look like this. But this kind of just made me feel more like, oh, yeah, everything's getting back to business as usual, including you know, the the United States intervention into other countries <laughs> and, you know, consultants doing what they do. And that's kind of the story to me, right? Because it's also yeah. Margaret Coyley's character, like, trying to live her life. Well, that's the thing. So what you're saying, I think, is actually an
1: intentional, it's an intentional facet of the film. Because if this movie was supposed to be more more built around a conflict that the audience was like very abreast of, the main characters wouldn't be the only white people in town. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? It's like the only American person before Benny Safdie shows up and, uh, and then an Englishman. And so um, she's already very, very much the fish out of water. Um, Plus this movie when it, it it's not a movie that's forgiving and tries to get you up to speed because your main character gives you so much anxiety all the time. Yeah. And it's like, it's so this character is an anxious character who, who keeps making these decisions that just make you feel anxious. And then I know it's really weird, but one of the most palpable elements of this film to me is the fact where she's just like, there's no air conditioning. Oh yeah. 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 And she's, and just the the notion that all of this is happening with no air conditioning, and she's just like fucking random dudes without air conditioning—it's uh, just like God. This just feels like the worst. Just the worst. Well, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, there's, and there's international intrigue. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> this sucks. Before that,
0: international intrigue and no shampoo. You know.
1: Yeah. Wait. It's just like all of this. All of this stuff. It's just like built like it's just like everything is terrible and then you're gonna give me a james bond plot like fuck off this is a miserable experience even the two characters who were supposed to like start to feel around like you're supposed to see this romantic budding relationship like it starts with him paying her for sex and like climaxes when they have this beautiful david lynchian dance scene and she's like bet you don't dance with your wife like that and he's like oh no I totally do it's just like what are we living for in this movie yeah, especially yeah. compared to the previous film like to me that's the biggest disparity is the previous movie is like I want so badly to live for both of these people and this movie is like I want so badly to fucking die yeah it's amazing i mean it's the it's it's you know, to go back to how we started this conversation, we talked about you know most fucked up movies or whatever. Like this movie would never make that list, but the feeling that you get after feels just as dirty as watching
0: fucking *Cannibal Holocaust*. You're just like, ugh, ugh. I don't, I don't feel good about this. Well, now that you've uh, compared *Stars at Noon* to *Cannibal Holocaust*, I think we end on a high note um yeah i have uh so enjoyed this conversation i hope it actually recorded so me too oh we got a little score playing us off this woman's riding by on a bicycle with a giant fucking speaker hey hey lady no copyright infringement i don't want a, <laughs> a, a, a fucking dcma strike over here jesus oh people are so inconsiderate. god damn all right i have to get out of here i'll talk to you later yeah have fun at the fest okay bye Bye. This show is brought to you by The Double Feature Executive Producers. Arnold Barth would thank the executive producers from the patron, Tom Leonard Kerr, Rose Mahler, Henrik Dinder, Ben yeah. Ecker, Charles Crawford, Jeremy. So if you like the show, if you like the show, help to keep it on the air by going to patreon.com forward slash double feature. Only if you like the show. If you don't like the show, I guess don't go there, but you also could.